0: Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. I'll be in heaven, and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to the city. Hello, everybody. God bless you today. Welcome to the
1: Prophetic News Radio Broadcast. This is Susan Puzio, and we come to you every week on Blog Talk Radio at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Mondays, we're on the Prophecy Zone Radio Network at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we also have a YouTube channel. If you'd like to go and look at some of our videos on YouTube, our channel is Jonah, T for Tom, 48. And we also have a website, propheticnews.com, where you can uh, read many wonderful articles. There's hundreds of articles there on the website that will help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, hopefully some of you will give your life to Jesus. And uh, Jesus said, ye must be born again. And uh, that really will be our main focus today. Uh, I'll be sharing with you a little bit about my testimony how uh, I came to meet the Lord Jesus over 31 years ago and how he changed my life completely, forever. And uh, I am forever grateful for the finished work that he started. Um, Of course, we know that all of us are working out (laughs) our salvation with fear and trembling, and uh, none of us have arrived yet. So uh, we grow day by day in the things of God, and uh, we're all trying, but thank God we're not what we used to be, and uh, our sins are forgiven. And God has forgotten about our sins. The past is the past, and really you, you can't do anything about it. You can't change the past. You can only try to make the uh, future better. So uh, I was um, living out in Redstone, Colorado in uh, 1981. I I think I went out to Colorado. It might have been sometime. I'm not definitely sure. It might have been in 78 or 79. I was living in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and... uh, I decided that I was going to move out west. I, I had never been to Colorado. I was born and raised in New Jersey, so it would be my first experience in the Wild West. And so uh, I got in my car, I packed everything up, and I drove from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to uh, Denver, Colorado, and I must say I was very, very surprised when I got to Colorado and I saw all the wide open spaces because even at that time in the late 1970s, people were talking about overpopulation and and how we were running out of room on the earth. So, of course, when you grow up 14 miles outside of New York City, it's rather congested and uh, of course, I had I had done some traveling previously to this, so I had seen some of the world, and uh, but, I, but I hadn't been out west, and I I never saw the wide open spaces, so I was so surprised as I drove, as I left Denver, and I started driving uh, west toward um, Glenwood Springs and uh, the Aspen, Colorado area, um, how vast it was and how wide open it was and and how much room (laughs) there actually was left for uh, human beings to inhabit. We certainly weren't in a land crunch, and uh, we never will be in this country. So uh, I... um, I think I stopped off in uh, a place called Idaho Springs for a while. There was a hot springs there and some underground caves. It was quite interesting. Uh, there's so much to see in Colorado when you, some of you, if you haven't been out there, you might have heard the song by John Denver, Rocky Mountain High, and, and it really is a uh, a Rocky Mountain High god's beautiful creation and uh, we know certainly that the apes didn't do it. <laughs> it it just didn't evolve that way but god almighty himself the creator of the universe he made those mountains he made those streams he made those valleys the hundreds of beautiful wildflowers that grow in the mountains and um it's really, really beautiful. Uh, also, there's many gold and silver mines there in uh, Colorado. At one time, it was a bustling silver, m- many silver mining towns, uh, gold mining towns, which I, I'm sure some of them have been revived when, since the price of silver has gone from $5 to uh, 50 recently. And the price of gold going through the roof So I'm sure there's some uh, mining activity going on there. But I had uh, traveled around Colorado and I wound up in uh, Glenwood Springs, the Glenwood Springs area. There's a beautiful hot spring pool there. It's an outdoor pool. It's huge. And it's a mineral water pool uh where you can go swimming and, and take advantage of the minerals. Uh it's surrounded by mountains. It's it's very beautiful. So um uh, I, I lived out there for a while and uh I traveled to uh Arizona and Utah uh to the Grand Canyon to uh Utah also is very, very beautiful. Wide open spaces Many Indian tribes American Indian tribes In the west uh, You can see many different Reservations there um, Arizona Another really beautiful place New Mexico uh, That area there uh, God's wonderful creation So um I I was in Colorado for a few years in 1981. I was living in a place called Redstone, Colorado, another very beautiful town. It's a very small town, but it was a a coal mining uh, area there. And uh, there's um, there's a big, beautiful mansion there that was built. I think it was built in the late 1800s by a very wealthy man. It's called the Redstone Castle, and they have tours that go through there. And there's also a a, uh, a big hotel, although the, the town itself is very small. It's just a few blocks long, and uh, it's nestled up in the mountains. But there was a, uh, a small church there called the Church of Redstone, and it was just about two or three doors down from the uh, motel that I was staying at. I was living at a place called the Crystal Valley Lodge. And um, one day I was driving from uh, a town called Carbondale, and I was driving up the mountain in my car, and my car broke down. So I had to leave my car on the side of the road, and I didn't have any other choice but to uh, try to hitch a ride. Uh, I was stuck there on the road, and... uh, so somebody picked me up and it just so happened to be an evangelist and uh <laughs> how God has appointments for us. Well I didn't I didn't know it then but I, I found out after when I started going to church that these people were praying for me and uh so this man picked me up in his car And uh, he drove me home And he witnessed to me a little bit about Jesus And he uh, told me about his wife And I, I, I'll tell you At the time I was very surprised Because usually When uh, In in the world When somebody meets you Even if they have a wife They don't care that they have a wife And uh they might do something that's try to do something that's inappropriate but he loved his wife and uh he I was very impressed by that because uh I being in the world like I was I didn't meet too many men that were faithful in their marriages or um uh, didn't have ulterior motives <laughs> when they met you so uh Anyway, uh, he he dropped me off there at the place where I lived, and he said that he, he wanted me, he was going to ask his wife if they could invite me over for dinner some night. And I thought, wow, that would be nice. I said, I'll go. And I'm thinking this to myself, because I, I wasn't a Christian. I was far from a Christian. Uh, I was a totally worldly person involved in all kinds of things of the world. And uh, But it just so happened that a few months after, before that I, I, I met Sammy Rubin that uh, I had been reading the Bible, but I was only reading it because I was trying to prove that it was wrong. So that was the only reason I read the Bible. I didn't read it because I was interested in Jesus. I wasn't at all interested in Jesus, and I, I certainly didn't want to be a Christian. So... Uh, Anyway, they 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 contacted me and and Sammy came and picked me up and I went over to their house and they lived in a a very nice house and they cooked me a, a really delicious dinner and um, they went they were witnessing to me telling me about Jesus and how to get saved and I remember I think I think one of them told me um, that I was messed up. Well. I thought to myself, after I left their house that night, I thought to myself, huh, they think I'm messed up. I think they're messed up. How dare they tell me I'm messed up? I'm not messed up. And uh, so even sometimes if you have to tell somebody the truth, like that they're, that they're messed up, I mean, don't be afraid that you're going, going to hurt their feelings because most likely they are messed up. <laughs> the more I thought about it, then... I mean, finally, one day I did come to the realization that I was messed up. Yes, I was messed up. So what were they going to tell me? Oh, nice person, uh, living in your sin, and you can die in your sin. And I don't think we should ever be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, uh, of course, there is a time and a place, but we should never be ashamed to share the gospel with someone And uh, hopefully the word of God is powerful. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So when you sow the seed of the word of God in someone's life, then we believe that it has to bear fruit. You have to get a harvest of that seed that's sown. So, of course, these people that were witnessing to me, they had no idea of uh, what was going to happen in my life after those events transpired. But I was um, walking one night with my 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 cat, and his name was Thaddeus. He was a little Siamese cat. <laughs> he was really something because you could take him out for a walk. He would actually walk with you. And we were out walking and looking at the stars and... and uh, I was just thinking to myself, wow, you know, maybe there is a God, and I went back up. Actually, I think I had, I think they actually invited me to this church. Now, I told you that just about two or three doors down from where I was living was a little church called the Church of Redstone, and it was a little mountain church, and uh, that's where Sammy went to church. He was um, on staff at that church. And the pastor's name was Doug Self, but I, I think I had gone over there. They had invited me to go to church and I think I had gone, but I didn't get saved in church. But that night when I went back to my room and I I got down on my knees and I and I and I said, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, and I don't know if you who you say you are, but if you are who you say you are, then I'm asking you to come into my life and change my life, and I give my life to you. And it was a simple prayer, but I meant it from my heart. And uh, I must say, (laughs) Jesus did come into my life. He did change my life instantly. Uh, It was an almost instantaneous transformation Uh, Of course, I still had many things to work out uh, after coming from uh, so much worldliness, but I knew that I was changed. And uh, I think I called the next day to uh, Donna, Sammy's wife, to tell her what happened. And they were so excited. Oh, they were so excited. Well, I didn't know why they were so excited, but then they said, well, when you go to church, on Sunday, tell everybody what you did. So I went to church and I told everybody what I did, and they they stood up and they started applauding, and everybody was so happy. And and I'm still thinking to myself, Wow, what did I do? Why why are these people so excited? <laughs> but that's that's the way it was. And uh, so I I um, started to go to church there. And they were, of course, born-again Christians here. And uh, Doug was a Baptist. Um, So um, I went to church there for a while. And uh, they they asked me if I wanted to move in with the pastor and his wife. They had a small, um, like a guest house on their property. And they said I could live there and uh, they could disciple me. So I said, okay. I felt like I should do that, and that that was a really nice experience. I stayed in a in a beautiful place, and uh, I had the love and support of these people who uh, took me under their wing, and uh, they were very very kind. Everyone in the church was kind, and it w- it was um, a very memorable time in my life because I saw Christianity in action uh these people just didn't say it they did it they uh they displayed the love of god and they displayed a uh, passion for lost souls no matter who you were or what you were doing at the time before you came to christ um they were interested in you as a person and interested in your eternal salvation so that was very refreshing There are so many churches today where they don't want to give an altar call. They they have something against an altar call, and uh, or uh, they don't want to. uh, They're afraid they're going to offend somebody by talking about heaven or talking about hell. And uh, but the Bible says that yes, the gospel does offend. So yes, you will offend people. But what's more important? people's eternal salvation or, or them getting offended. I was offended, too, when they told me I was messed up. But <laughs> I didn't stay offended long because it was their uh, their love and compassion for me that uh, helped me. And I, I made up my mind right after I got saved that I wasn't going back to the world. I, I made up my mind that I was going to live a pure and holy life before the Lord. And I wasn't going to uh, do the things that I had done as a sinner. I I wanted to uh, do something for God almost instantly. I wanted to have some kind of a ministry and do something to show my gratitude for the Lord Jesus Christ and for how he had changed my life and made me a brand new creation, a new creature. Old things passed away, and behold, all things become new. And that's what happened to me. So I uh, I stayed there at that small mountain church for a while, and then I heard about a charismatic Word of Faith church that wasn't too far away, and I decided that I would like to go and check that church out. So I started going there, and they were into the uh, teachings of Kenneth Hagin and Kenneth Copeland and Fred Price, and they were, of course, the music was very different, and uh, people raised their hands in church and praised the Lord. And so I, I started going over there, and uh I stayed I, I uh, stayed at that church. I I moved uh from Redstone and I think I went to live in Carbondale for a while and uh, was going to church at this place called it was called at the time it was called New Creation Christian Center. So I went to church there. And uh, while I was in, of course, in the Word of Faith movement, I, they had many different guest speakers come through, and I received many words of prophecy about how God was going to use me, and I was going to have this great ministry someday. And uh, so, I, of course, I, I I felt like I had the call of God on my life. Everybody does, really. I mean, nobody's special with it that we have these special people that have special callings. Everybody has a call to do something for God. But for some reason in the word of faith, they make it sound like you're somebody very important because you have the call of God on your life and you have an anointing. And so then, of course, you feel in your heart like you have to kind of live up to this, uh, all these great swelling words and uh, so you, you, not in a bad sense, because you don't do it because uh, you're trying to do some work of the flesh. You're doing it because you really believe that you have a call on your life, and you want to fulfill the call and and do fulfill these prophecies that you're getting too. So um, I started to grow in the things of God. And I remember that I, I heard about the full gospel businessmen, and they were having a convention in Phoenix, Arizona. So I got in my car and I drove out there, and I stayed with a very wonderful family there in, in Phoenix. And, oh, I enjoyed that conference so much. The music, the preaching, the... Oh, I, I thought I had died and gone to heaven right then because it was such a blessing. It was such a blessing. So... um I stayed in in Colorado, um, and uh, started growing in the things of God. And then um, I moved to uh, Florida for uh, for a few years, and uh, attended was attending different Word of Faith churches, and attending uh, if if Kenneth Copeland came nearby, I would go. To the meetings, or if Kenneth Hagen, um was nearby, I would go to his meetings. If, if there was somebody coming to Tampa or Lakeland or one of the big cities, and it was a well-known Word of Faith preacher, oh, I'd go. I went to see uh, Peter Popoff. Uh, I went to see uh, W. V. Grant. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, at the time, you don't know that these people are, are some of these people are phony, or that they're preaching a false gospel because when you first get saved you're kind of like uh in this dream world and and everybody's beautiful and there can't be anything wrong because everybody's a Christian and everybody loves each other and and obviously no nobody would do anything to hurt you because you're a Christian well it's not always that way and you come to find out those things And uh, even some people would even backslide because somebody did something to them in the church. Well, I don't care what anybody does to me. I'm not going to backslide because of somebody else's actions. Because ultimately, the only real friend you ever have in this life is Jesus Christ. He's the one that's going to stick closer to a brother. Every human being is, is going to disappoint you in some way. And so you might as well just get ready for it because it's going to happen. And uh, it shouldn't ever be anything that should turn you away from God. No, you can't blame somebody else because somebody somebody did something to you, so that's why you decided not to be a Christian. Well, that's ridiculous because you're going to have to answer to God for your life, not the person that hurt you. He's, God's not going to say, well, uh, what about what you did to uh, Susan, and that's why she did what she did? Well, no, that's not the way it works. No matter what happens, it's between you and God, and uh, other people will hurt you. <laughs> they will disappoint you. I I, I came to find out uh, as I was living in my little gospel dream world, and uh, I came to find out that just because a preacher or uh was married it didn't mean that he didn't want to uh, commit adultery. I came to find that out. Of course I never uh committed adultery and I never uh committed any sins of fornication after I got saved. I never I gave my life to Jesus and I and I told the Lord after I got saved I was going to live a pure life and I meant it because uh I didn't I knew about the things of the world and I knew that I never wanted to go back to living the life that I had led, that I wanted, I knew what Jesus had done for me, so I, I didn't want to go back. I Why go back to the pig pen, you know, <laughs> when Jesus gives you the palace? So, um, yeah, and I came to find out that just because a preacher or a pastor says they're a pastor doesn't mean that they're honest or that they have integrity, or uh, you find out all kinds of things. Uh, Well, you find out that we're all human beings, and uh, there's only one perfect one that ever walked the earth, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So anyway, I moved to uh, Florida, and I was attending all these different meetings and i was trying to do something for god i was i was doing whatever i could i was going to nursing homes and ministering at the nursing homes and uh ministering wherever we we used to have a a beach ministry and go out to the beach once a week and sing and preach and i would do whatever wherever if there was something to do where it involved preaching the gospel i was there i said i'm going and I'm going to uh, do something for God. So I was in Florida for a few years, and then I I moved back out to Colorado. I think it might have been around 1985. I moved back out there, and uh, I was actively involved in in different ministries. I was um, invited to speak at a singles conference for Marilyn hickey's church there in denver at happy church and i was a guest speaker at those singles conferences about four or five times um and that was a great experience i have to say it was really um wonderful when you're the guest speaker and you uh you go into the waiting room and they have flowers and a fruit basket and candy there for you and you're treated so special and uh then you're up there on this beautiful platform in a in a beautiful building, you know, wearing a pretty dress and preaching the gospel. It, it was great. Uh, yes, you are treated differently when uh, you're the guest speaker or an, or an invited guest, and uh, I could see how some of these people let it go to their head because. <laughs> You know, that doesn't last, okay, that's that's how it is there when you're actually at the meeting um, and you're the guest speaker, but uh, that's not always the way it is. Anyway, uh, I decided that I wanted to, um, I felt like the Lord was leading me to do some television ministry and I found a way where I could have a television program and I wouldn't have to Uh, spent thousands of dollars doing it. Uh, I I found out that I could get access um, on the cable network there in Denver, the public access. Also, the program would be played in Aspen, Colorado, and I was living near Aspen at the time, so my program was played once a week I did a talk show where I interviewed people. It was a half-hour program, and um, I used the – TBN had a a studio there in Denver at the time, and I used their crew. I hired their crew, uh, their camera people, and their director, and they were a great crew, I have to say. They were very, very professional, and they were great to work with. And we produced – I probably produced, oh, about 50 programs – and the program was on for two years, in Denver, and in Aspen, and uh, I enjoyed that very much. I really enjoyed doing television. It's it's a lot of fun, really, and uh, it's a great way to get the gospel out. So, I uh, I knew that I wanted to do television. Uh, that was something that uh, interested me, and there came available a television station actually was for sale there in Aspen, and they had the license and the TV tower and everything, and I wanted to buy it. I didn't have the money to buy it. I, I was trying to raise money to buy it, but it just never worked out. And um, I was actually going to have the uh, first 24-hour Christian television station in the aspen area but that wasn't God's plan for my life so that never worked out anyway i uh, i was also invited um to speak at different churches in denver and in the colorado area and new mexico i traveled and and held uh, healing crusades because i i believe that I had the uh, gift of healing to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And that's really where my main focus was at the time. Um, During my lifetime, my 31 years as a Christian, I've ministered hundreds of times in churches and I held my own conferences and meetings and prayed for the sick, prayed for thousands of people, laid hands on people, And, yes, Jesus does heal. I didn't have anything to do with it because I can't heal anybody, including myself. But uh, I have seen Jesus heal people. I believe Jesus Christ still heals today. I'm
0: Pentecostal.
1: I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, I don't believe the gifts of the Spirit have passed away. Jesus is, is alive and he's still healing people. So I, I've seen too many miracles not to believe it, including miracles in my own life and my family's life. So, um, But that's what I did. I I, um, I wrote a few small books that uh, I had for sale and, of course, many different teaching tapes, and I was very involved in the Word of Faith movement, Uh But I left Colorado, uh, I think about 1989 or so, and I moved back to uh, Florida. And I went to work at a church in Florida for about a year. Um, I wasn't on paid staff there, but I was just working there and trying to learn what I could from the pastor and his family. And uh, I, I did enjoy being at that church. It was a lot of fun. There was always something happening there, and we were we were like one big happy family. But um, I remember an incident there, though, when I was living in uh, that particular part of Florida. But I was driving down the road, and I saw uh, a car pulled over, and I saw a uh, a young lady and a man, and he was he was beating this girl up. So I pulled over my car, and I told her, I said, "Do you want to get in?" come on get in and I'll, and I'll get you I'll take you away so she got in the car and I knew that there was another ministry nearby there because I wasn't close to my church but I knew there was another big ministry nearby so I said I'll, I said to her I said I'll take you there and uh I'll see if they can help you out it was, it was a big ministry pretty well known and uh, they certainly weren't broke but anyway I took this girl over there and and these people were shocked. They, they they acted like they didn't want anything to do with this girl. And I'm saying, well, I, I at the time I was driving and I was on my way to visit my parents that lived in another part of Florida. So I was taking her there, and I was going to leave her there at the ministry because I figured, well, it's a ministry. They they have to take they have to do something for this girl. She's she could have been killed with this guy beating her up, and. They acted like they were mad at me for bringing her there, and uh, I couldn't believe it. I, I said to them, I said, well, this is a ministry, isn't it? You're supposed to take care of people. And um, they didn't seem very interested in taking care of her, but then I, I guess they must have felt convicted because they said, oh, yeah, well, they would they would try to do something for her and see that she was taken care of. And uh, so I, I had a few introductions like that into certain ministries where they they put on a great show and uh, they make you think that they really care about people when, when they don't, they really don't care about people. Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously I've seen so much of that even in, in churches that I attended where we would be there on a Sunday morning, and you knew that there were people in the congregation that didn't couldn't pay their light bill, or they couldn't pay their rent that week, or their husband lost their job, or one of them was sick, and they were having difficulties, and yet the church couldn't do anything for them because we had to bring our ties to the storehouse, and and uh, God forbid anybody in the congregation could have a thought of their own that they, that they could actually think for themselves to think well, I've got some extra money this week, so maybe I should help somebody in the church. Well, you were basically told that you you had to bring your 10% there and then the church decided who they were going to help. And uh, so we weren't, for the most part, most people weren't into helping anybody except the pastor. And that's like a subtle form of brainwashing and manipulation and control because you should be able to hear from the Holy Spirit yourself about where to give your money uh, if you want, to, if you're going to a church and you want to support your church, there's nothing wrong with that. But they shouldn't be demanding that you have to give a certain amount of money to go there. Uh, that's wrong. You have to be able to uh, think for yourself and make sure your family's needs are met. And then if you can help somebody else, that's fine. But uh, so anyway, I was. Uh, Going back and forth to uh, preaching engagements and, and traveling all around, and then I moved to. Uh, in the meantime, I did go to Bible college. Uh, it was just a summer course in Cleveland, Tennessee, at Norval Hayes Ministries, and uh, got a certificate there. And then I went um, back to Florida, and I uh, I joined another church where. It was a Word of Faith church and uh, started to receive some prophecies, received a prophecy actually from someone while I was at uh, the ministry there in Cleveland, Tennessee, that I was going overseas, that I was going to start traveling overseas. And, uh, you know, the ministry was going to grow. And so uh, I was still preaching, uh, doing some television appearances, radio programs, and uh moved back to Florida. Then a few years after that, I moved back to uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, where I worked. I wasn't on I wasn't on paid staff, but I I worked there at uh Norval Hayes Ministries for over over a year. I was teaching at the Bible College not on a regular basis just when they invited me, and I was their singles pastor and also uh, taught a Sunday school class there. And uh, that was a very interesting experience. During my time there, we met so many different preachers. Uh, The Hagans came there. uh, um, Mike Murdoch came. uh, Dave Roberson. Many different well-known people in the Word of Faith movement came to see uh, Norval. Norval... Uh, had taught many times at uh, Kenneth Copeland's Believers' Conventions. So he was very well-known in those circles, and he was very close to Kenneth Hagan. So after my time there, I did move back to Florida, and uh, I started preparing to take some trips overseas because I had made so many contacts while I was in uh Tennessee I met quite a few people from England and Scotland and Germany so I knew that I would have invitations so I started traveling I think about 1991 I started traveling overseas and from 91 till 97 I took over 35 missionary trips to England Scotland Wales Austria, Czechoslovakia, Germany, South Africa, Swaziland. Um, (laughs) I I did a lot of traveling. I mean, I held hundreds of services, especially in England, many, many services. And um, so things were going pretty good, I would say, in, in the ministry where I was busy, I was happy, I moved to uh, a place uh, in Bradenton, Florida called Christian Retreat. I moved there in, um, I think, 1993 or 94, and I lived there for three years and attended church there. And uh, that's where I did most of my traveling overseas. Um, But I, I started to become very disillusioned somewhere around nineteen ninety five because I I I was having trouble especially with this seed faith doctrine where I was seeing that they were telling people that if you gave a certain amount of money that God would be obligated to bless you. So it didn't as I I spent a lot more time and I, I um I quit using all my other translations of the Bible and I stayed with one translation which was the King James and uh, I started to just stay with that one translation and to study God's Word and I I came to find out that this whole seed faith doctrine didn't line up with the Word of God but of course this is very popular in the Word of Faith movement so if you're not teaching um, seed faith and tithing and all the dick, these doctrines of the Word of Faith movement, well, they're not going to invite you to their churches. They're just, they'll just shun you, and they won't, they won't want to have anything to do with you. So obviously that's what happened to me uh, because I, I, I then published an article in 1997 called The Error of Seed Faith Giving, and I mailed it out. Everyone on my mailing list and I started To talk about it From pulpits when I was Invited well Word of faith churches do not Want you to talk against seed Faith no no you can't talk about You can't talk against that <laughs> In these churches <laughs> Because even you could have And I, I had hundreds of friends I had many friends pastors Ministers church leaders And uh i don't nobody calls me. I don't hear from any of those people anymore uh, i I mean I would still be their friend. I would still be friends with them, but they most of them don't want to be friends with you after you don't agree with uh what they're teaching or what they're saying. That shouldn't be enough to separate people if you are friends. you can disagree with people you don't have to agree. I don't agree. There's not one person I agree with 100%. Not one. And I'm sure there's people that, that don't agree with me 100%. But you should still be able to discuss things in a civil manner if you don't agree. Uh, but I knew I knew then, I knew I knew in 97, as soon as I published that article and made 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 it available Publicly that that was the end of my ministry then as I knew it I knew that I would no longer be invited I would no longer get another invitation From a word of faith church And uh, so but I, I, I said to myself It didn't matter to me if I had to give up my job And it was my job at the time Yes I did full time ministry It was my job And uh, I loved my job I really did I enjoyed it That's the one thing I I must say I enjoy more than anything Is teaching God's word I really really enjoy it And I love doing it So But I knew that I had to make some changes And I couldn't do things the way That I was doing it And If I couldn't do If I couldn't tell people the truth then what was the sense of me having a ministry, a public ministry? You know, I, I told the Lord I didn't care. It didn't matter to me if I ever again had a public ministry or, or if anyone ever heard my voice. Or I didn't care. I, I made up my mind that I was going to get a regular job. And uh, if no one ever heard of me again, that would be fine with me. I, I didn't care. I laid it all down, and uh, I was hoping. Uh, I, I honestly thought it would stay that way because I uh, I didn't see what kind of doors God would open up for me again if he wanted me to do anything for him, but it was never going to be the same. Uh, I had also been licensed and ordained with different organizations. I was licensed and ordained with Robert Lairdon's ministry and Robert Roberts um, then fell into sin himself a few years ago. It was quite devastating to all of us. I, I did get out of the organization before that happened because I didn't I didn't want to stay in that organization. There was just too many things uh that I saw that I didn't like but uh I, I did like Roberts very much. He 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 was a sweet person. He had a great personality, a lot of charisma, and uh, he was very, very famous and popular in charismatic circles. But uh, then I was licensed and ordained with uh, Gospel Crusade Ministries. And uh, you had to sign a paper, actually, if you belonged to that church. You had to sign a paper uh, saying that you would, Give 10% in order to be a member But then I decided that I didn't I I couldn't do that any longer And so I withdrew my membership But um, After I left and, and took myself out of public ministry It was a few years later That I um, Decided that I would probably Like to have a website And It, it, it took me about 4 years I think
0: <laughs> from
1: the time I started to pursue having a website till I finally got it up and uh it finally did go up and that was a blessing it was a real blessing because I had the freedom to say what I wanted to say to um tell people the truth without worrying about whether or not I was going to get an offering or I was going to get an invitation back that didn't matter anymore um, you know whether I got an offering or not or whether I got an invitation because I had my website and uh that was my platform so that was my platform for many years and then I um I I knew in my heart that I was to uh, go on go back on radio And uh, I didn't know how the Lord was going to do it because I didn't have a big budget for radio. Uh, I didn't have any budget for radio. But God opened up. It's just been about two years now that I've been on Blog Talk Radio, and God opened that up for me. And I was really grateful for that. So I started off with was about a 15-minute program, and then it started to grow. And now we're an hour every week, and also we're on another network, Prophecy Zone radio network. So also uh, the Lord gave me uh, the YouTube channel, which is a great way to be on television without having to spend a million dollars to have a TV program. Anybody could have a TV program on YouTube And it doesn't cost anything. It's free. So (laughs) if people tell you that it takes money to preach the gospel, yes, in some cases it does. Yes, I agree with that. But anybody could preach the gospel for free. If you really want to, just learn how to make a video and put yourself up on YouTube. And you've got a platform. And it's free of charge. It's just a matter of you turning on your computer and, and having an internet connection. So you can do it. You can do something for Jesus Christ. And um so now that's what I'm doing is I have this YouTube channel, I have the radio broadcast, the website, and I'm I'm very happy that the Lord's allowed me to do that. I'm, I'm very happy, too, that I don't have to travel anymore because it was. <laughs> now, imagine taking 35 over 35 trips, and most of the time when I took the trips, I wasn't flying in a private jet, a $10 million jet like Kenneth Copeland. No, I was flying uh, like a sardine 10 hours to London. Uh, one, I think it was from London to South Africa, it was over 13 hours sitting like a sardine. Somebody banging your back of your seat, and oh, it was terrible. Uh, Traveling is not glamorous, not at all. Um, But I was eager to do something for God, and and that that part of my uh, my life is over. I can travel around the world from the comfort of home now, which is great because I've managed to uh, reach just in this year alone we've reached well over uh, 200,000 people with the gospel and it would take me quite a bit of traveling to do that in the natural but through the uh, the ways that God has opened up blog talk radio and YouTube and the website so we we've had very good response and uh it's like my friend said to me Susan with blog, even with Blog Talk Radio, if you get one person, or you get a hundred people, or you get two hundred people a week, that's a congregation of two hundred people. That's your church. So I look at it this way: I'm uh, numbers are okay, and it's a, and it's great when you get good numbers and you have a, a big listening audience. But that doesn't really matter to me. I like the fact that I am reaching people. Uh, people are being blessed by the program and by the ministry and uh that's a blessing to me it does it does give me comfort and if if the lord ever said shut it down and uh go away i i would do that too i would lay it all down again and uh, it, if it if something's of god even when it dies he resurrects it so <laughs> Um, But I'm glad I came out Of the Word of Faith movement I'm glad that I can speak out Against um, Some of the false doctrines The tithing doctrines The seed faith doctrines The putting people on a pedestal That uh, Because oh they're anointed Well everybody's anointed Anyway The anointing belongs to no man It's the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ And he lets us uh, uh, frail human beings like we are, he lets us actually lets us preach the gospel. He actually lets us quote his word and uh, use it to uh, help other people. So anybody can open up a Bible and quote God's word. That doesn't make anybody special or anointed because we're all anointed and uh, it, it, there's so much pride involved in public ministry and then of course you can't live up to your your uh, image and your publicity and it, especially when i was holding my healing meetings and and people were chasing after me to lay hands on them because they thought wow if i could if susan lays hands on me then i know i'll get healed well i didn't want people chasing after me because I couldn't do anything for them, I could pray for them, and I could, we could join together and agree, and and but it was Jesus that that does the healing, not a human being. There's no there's no special human being out there that has miracle working healing power. It's
0: <laughs>
1: it's only God, and uh, some of us have gone through um, health crisis. And uh, you know that when you're going through a health crisis, you know that if God doesn't heal you, you're not going to make it. You know that. So I'm just very grateful to God for uh, his many blessings and for saving me. And that's the most important thing. Um, Some of you that have listened to this program today, you know that you're in bad shape. You know that you're addicted to drugs, you're addicted to sex, you're in adultery, you're reading pornography, you're drinking too much alcohol, and uh, you know your life's messed up. But there is a way out, and it is simple. The gospel is not difficult. It's not you don't have to say the perfect words or uh
0: it
1: it was those simple words that i cried out to god and said jesus come into my life and save my life and and if you're really who you say you are then show me and he did and he changed my life and he can change your life today and give you a new life and (laughs) You can't get this kind of peace anywhere. You can't buy it. You can't get this kind of joy anywhere. You can't buy it. You can only get it from Jesus Christ, peace, the Prince of Peace. So if you're out there today and you don't know Jesus, give your life to Jesus today. Let him come into your life and save your life. He'll give you a new life. Yes. Get out your Bible and read John 3. Jesus said you must be born again and you must be born again. Yes, all of us must be born again. So get your Bible out. Give your life to Jesus today. He's the only one that really loves you.
0: I'm going to a city Set on a hill the ruler and maker Is the Lord God above Oh, I'm going to the city And it's set on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be no sorrow there Oh, I'm going to the city It lies four square The gates are made of jasper And I'll see Jesus there I'm going to the city on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be no sorrow there Heaven, And there'll be no sorrow there I'm going to a city It lies four square The gates are made of jasper And I'll see Jesus there I'm going to a city And it's set on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be no sorrow there And someday I'll be in heaven Star Hotel